morning and welcome to Duality. I'm your host, Akasha. I have a very special guest, Anita, on the show today. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And today, we're going to talk about a few things, but something that we're going to kind of base off of right now is um, how things manifest when you're like, say, picking at your brain how they can kind of manifest into picking at your physical and then physically picking at your skin and things of that sort. So not only like metaphorically, but also for any of those who are aware or not aware, there is a thing called dermatillomania, if I'm not pronouncing that right. I apologize to anyone that offends. I barely pronounce anything right. Um, <laughs> that what I was saying yesterday when we were on the phone is <laughs> like when you're on an online community and there's like a big mm-hmm. word involved in the community it's like I feel like I, I didn't know uh, I didn't say it outside of my own head because I was constantly reading it rather than speaking about it mm-hmm. that I'm like I don't even know if this is completely correct but you know we'll, we'll work with it so thank you yeah. and um yeah so for those who know or don't know about it it's um it's could be classified as a disorder i don't like to let any kind of label um rule or like have take up that much space in my reality in the way of like um you're not your diagnosis but also like just to acknowledge on the fact that that is a thing um it's considered a um a disorder of sorts i don't know exactly what kind but um, maybe an OCD, I think it's like OCD. It's like yeah. a, a, a compulsion. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I've been a uh, skin picker since I was like, probably after my first predominant blackhead. Like I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was in the first grade, I had, um, I had went to the, der- my mom had to take me to the dermatologist because I had a blackhead on my lip line. That was, like, so deep that, like, my mom couldn't get it out. And I remember sitting down. It's the only time I've ever been to a dermatologist probably in my life. I think I'm leaving one more more time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, like, like I remember them just taking out the tool and doing that and, like, getting it out. And I was just, like, oh, my God, well, that came out of there. That's crazy. I heard so much on the lip line. Like, this hurts. (laughs) Really sensitive area. It really is, and it inflames so much. And Mm -hmm. I remember, like, even if I look at my first grade picture still to this day, I know not only did the mustache exist right there, it was starting, you know, (laughs) before my mom started bleaching my mustache, like, it was there, you know, but then right under it, I see the blackhead. It's something that people probably would never notice, but I I knew. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because of, not because of that experience, more just since that experience, I'm like, oh, I need to get this out. If something's on my face, I need to get it out, you know? And it was always, like, hours of just being in the mirror. The, like, the zoom-in ones that oh are, my, like, so close to your face. One. You can see all your pores, and you're just like, oh, you start on one, and then you see more, and you're just like, okay. You look in the regular face. mirror, and you're like, oh, I don't look so bad. So everything's fine. Then you look yeah. into the other mirror. It's like, everything's not fine at all. Yeah. <laughs> we have hours of work to do. Sits on sink like all swollen for hours. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was kind of my beginning 
I didn't know that people did it too. Like I was just constantly told by my family, get out the mirror, stop doing it, stop picking your face, stop picking your face, get out the mirror. And I'm just like, like a piece of me wanted to, but a big, bigger piece of me didn't want to because I found like solace, like peace in it. Um, Cause it's satisfaction, you know, um, endorphins. You know, these different things like, oh, I'm getting something out. I'm getting something that's impure out of me. It's called impurities, right? Pimples, blackheads, whiteheads, all the things. Like, So I'm getting it out of me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? But it's like, all right, well, being that extreme, nobody else is doing this. And I met someone mm-hmm. who is a friend of mine. Um, and, uh, like, I was like, I seen her going to the bathroom and I was like, oh, my God. Like you pick two, <laughs> you do it too. Like oh, yeah. and it's like when you have that realization, it's kind of like a deeper understanding and respect is like as I as I pick. Like you know, yeah. it's like uh, yeah, I'll pass that on to you if you want to share your, uh, <laughs> your first experience <laughs> or something. I think it was um, watching Doctor Pimple on YouTube, mm. like just constantly seeing mm-hmm. big giant boils like squeezed out, and just the satisfaction of seeing that. And then wanting to do that on my face when I would, like, find a, a zoom-in mirror. Um, I think it started more when my mom would pluck my eyebrows and stuff, and she would use that mirror. And then I'll be, like, looking at it, like, oh, my God, like, my pores are, like, all clogged in here. And I'm just, like, I, I want to get them out. And my mom had, like, this little tool, like a like a little spoon mm-hmm. scooper little, thing. little metal yeah, thing. Yeah, and you can squeeze in. And then, like, I would, extract like, it. extract it all the time and then, like, it became kind of like a habit for me of feeling like I needed to do that in order to like kind of like help speed up the process of like healing my skin. And I felt like um, it was something that um, I felt like it was having to do with just seeing people's skin being so nice and clear. And like, I'm like, do they also have this problem too of having clogged pores? Like, is it just me? And like, yeah, it's just, I felt like um, there, there was times where, like, for example, like a new pimple will come up on my face, and um, I would just do my best just not to, like, squeeze it and just leave it alone. And then it's just, I guess, like, the side of it, like, would bother other people. And they're like, can I squeeze that pimple for you? Can I just pop it for you? And I'm just like, and if this person wants to pick my pimple too, then maybe I might as well just pick it too, you know, like kind of like picking at the things that you may not like about yourself because you don't want that person to pick on you about it, you know, kind of thing. And then like it becomes more of an internal thing where I find myself picking at things that I may not like about me before any person has a chance to. And realizing that, yeah, it became something that I would do with my skin. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for hearing me. Of course. It's such an interesting journey, and it's like I feel like you know there's a few like little niche communities in which I have um, gave granted myself permission to as an adult to uh, feel valid enough to be a part of. Um, mm. I feel like for a long time I was like in denial of certain things, or I wouldn't allow myself because of other people's uh, kind of bias still playing out in my head. So mm. still hearing their voice saying certain things when I'm doing things, and mm. um, invalidating the process Mm -hmm. and now as a as an adult and as a like sovereign being 
it's like uh, I've been exploring these different spaces and places and in the Reddit dermatillomania community, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's just one of those things that like <laughs> <laughs> where I, I feel so not only seen and heard and um, but also I'm very grateful that I can also give advice and give back to this community. I became an esthetician over five years ago, about five years ago now, mm-hmm. um, as like the reason was because I picked my skin. You know, mm-hmm. my sister was like, you should be an esthetician. You're like hyper obsessed with your skin. Like, why, why don't you become an esthetician? I was like, first of all, what's an esthetician? Like, I had, <laughs> I had no idea what an esthetician was. I had no idea who, who did that i didn't know like that was a thing um i'd never gotten like a massage done unless maybe like if i I got my nails done maybe like a little something you know i've Mm -hmm. never gone to like a spa type place at that point in my life i was probably like 17 Mm -hmm. um and she's like yeah you should you should like look into that and i'm like oh okay you know and i'm like okay cool like and i I looked into i was like this is actually perfect. Like, why wouldn't I do this? You know, yeah. this is exactly like I hyperfixate on it. Why, why don't I get educated on it? And, you know, shout out to my sister also to who put me on to more of the natural way of like, here's tea tree oil from Trader Joe's, you know, my first little square glass bottle of it. And um, I was just using it all the time. I remember the first time. I used I hated it. Like, I hated the smell. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is so intense now. Like, it's just nothing. You know, it's just, like, not nothing, but it's not uh, intolerable to me. But at first, I'm like, oh, but I'll do it anyway. Because I used to put toothpaste on my face. Oh, my God. You know? Oh, you're bringing me back. Yeah, like, I used to put toothpaste <laughs> on my face and dry it out. And it's like, I don't even use toothpaste that would probably have the ability to do that now. <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah. like, am I educated enough to not? pursue it in that way but it's been really interesting I find that you know in all different communities and in the aesthetics community too like there's people who uh who don't you know do that in at in their estheticians you know Mm. and then there's a lot of people that do that I probably say from my own data collection of being in the business realm of of the community and also like going to school in it I was a brand manager of a natural skincare company for like about two and a half years or something around there. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to travel all over the United States to uh, do like sell skincare at different trade shows. Wow. And in those moments, like, I met so many estheticians, so many people, so many mm-hmm. clients. And I would I would be the person who would also call them and follow up and have them reorder. Mm-hmm. So in that process, I feel like I've learned that, I would say like it's 50-50. I would say to be fair, it's probably like 50% of estheticians, mm-hmm. whether they admit it or not to themselves, have or struggle with dermatillomania mm-hmm. and do pick at their skin. And that's why they kind of came into mm-hmm. it to be like, all right, I'm gonna find the solution for myself and for other people. And um, yeah, and then there's some people that just, it's not one of their struggles, they might have another struggle. And um, I've been like doing this internal, study on this for a while where it's like I find that people who there's like the similarities in in people I've met that also pick out their skin Mm -hmm. and it's like a similar thing of needing to get things out right like once being aware of something not letting it just be 
right? It's mm. not like, but to get it out. So it's like that trait can kind of go deeper into the sense of like, you know, if you notice a character defect that you're not just okay with it, yeah. you can't be numb to it. You have to work on it. So it's like the people that I've met that also kind of struggle with picking at their face and picking at themselves are people that are constantly like regenerating, doing their best to like be their best selves. And, um, but at the same token, coming from the aspect more of like the shadow work aspect than the light work aspect on themselves, right? Like, mm -hmm. so they can be the sweetest people and doing all the things for everybody in a good way. But like for themselves, mm. come more from the space of like, I'm very aware of, like you asked me what I don't like about myself, I'll tell you in five seconds, but you asked me what I do like about myself and I'm gonna struggle a little bit more to find that answer. So I feel like it kind of goes back to maybe like a, a worthiness womb that most humans in general have. But the way it's expressed in a person who may pick can be more of a like hypersensitive type like that we don't have a choice but to like break these cycles that like we find these little coping mechanisms that can give us like a little bit of relief from our own brain. And it's like because now mm. if I'm fixated on getting something out of my body, I'm not <laughs> thinking about. You know, or maybe I am thinking about because I've been trying to pay attention, like also for years since I've been aware of it, I've been trying to pay attention to the, the triggers. Mm. Like, when do I pick? And I thought it was mm. just when I was stressed. And I'm like, no, girls, it's when I'm happy too. I'm like, I'll be like, I'll be so excited. It'll be like sometimes right before the podcast, I'll literally, I'm about to be on cameras and I'll be like, oh, you know what I should do? Give me like two seconds. I just hopped out the shower this morning. I'm like, all right, let me just. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> no, I have to go in some mass recovery mode because the thing that, that I'm like an OD brat about is like I dead ass know how to fix my face. Like, so I've been like trained in school and and in many different uh, like trainings and different things to correct like intensive damaged skin yeah. so i will wreck my face and in two weeks i'll have like Fine nothing ever. i'll have ah. nothing so like that's 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 the brat part of me that mm. like but then if, if you're my client and you come get a facial i'm like the most gentle hand like and when i go about like popping a pimple I'm like, are you okay okay for you uh, you know very gentle but myself yeah. i'm like i'll rip my face off right now what's good it's fine i will grow back tomorrow like, you know and i'm like yeah. but i'm like that with myself and other things you know yeah, yeah. this is what i've been noticing been paying attention yeah <laughs> see with like even using products i realize like just slapping it on and like hoping that it will do something for me instead of having that intention of what you were saying when you're gentle with your clients it's like okay, I'm just going to scrub my face and then, like, put my oil and massage my face using gua sha and, like, really being more intentional with my skincare instead of just, like, going ham on it and then just, like, feeling guilty and bad about it afterwards. I'm like, oh, my God, my face is all swelled up and then getting ice, trying to fix it and just trying to bring the swelling down. And I'm just like, why am, why am I not being gentle with myself? Like, why am I always so ready to just, like, find anything to pick at and it made me realize that in turn it made me feel like I was doing that to the people that I care about like just nitpicking things and mm -hmm. realizing that I needed to be like my favorite teacher when she was encouraging me and just so compassionate towards me and 
just using that as my inner voice towards mm-hmm. myself of like having that energy of like you know being patient with myself in the process of healing and not trying to rush the healing because you just want the final result you're just thinking about the final result and it's like yeah i want that so i'm just gonna like jump start that and then it's like no like just being patient with their process and not feeling the need to like be in control all the time so mm-hmm. that was like okay I realized, like, I'm a control freak. That's, That's one thing I don't like huge. about myself. That's <laughs> huge. Like, that, the yeah. correlation of the control. And this, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's so, it's so true. It's like, okay, I can't control what's going on around me. But what I can control is me busting this puzzle out, this blackhead right now. <laughs> and yeah. making me forget about this other thing I'm not in control of, you yeah. know. And it's like, oh, man, you know. Even, like, like you know, I really, really... Went in on my face when I have a face mask on once I'm walking out the bathroom. Like, it's like the, I do face masks in general also, mm-hmm. but like if I was in the bathroom for a while and then the face mask on, it's like I don't even want you, you don't even get to see me like this. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, I've had partners that I've been with that are like, yo, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize like that it was such an extreme version of doing something and so i've had people like really concerned like be like Mm. why are you doing this i remember one of my partners i was with in the beginning of them and i dating he was like why are you why are you doing that to your face like i had at the time Mm. it was like a summer it was a summer i think of like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant <laughs> detail. Like, here we go, oversharing. Um, but it was, like, my whole chin was, like, scraped off and, like, layers. And I had a whole, like, it was, like, big because I had done a chemical peel mm-hmm. and picked. Like, as an esthetician, mm-hmm. I know these things don't go together. I know I was breaking a whole bunch of rules, but I break rules when it comes to myself. When it comes mm-hmm. to other people, I don't. I'm very okay, mm-hmm. I know this is cause and effect. I got to make sure. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, okay, have you, are you going to be around the sun? Like, what are you going to do? Like, but with myself, I'm like, I could have been going to the beach the next day. I'm like, doing all this crazy stuff. And my skin was having such a big, like, um, it was just like scabs. Like, I had like a goatee of scabs. It was mm-hmm. intense. <laughs> like, it was that intense. Mm-hmm. And I remember him looking at me and being like, why do you do this to yourself? Like, you don't even need makeup. Like, what? And you're out here, like, mm-hmm. just attacking your face so that you have to wear makeup. Why are you Why are you doing this? Like, when he said that to me, I was like, mm-hmm. why do I do this? <laughs> why do I do this uh, for years? And why is it so bad? You know, why am I so intensely doing this right now? And at the time, I was, like, experiencing a lot of turmoil, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of transitions. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Still can be, you know. And, and I also realized that, because specifically, you know, in this episode, we're talking more about uh, picking at the face. And it's like, I was driving, right? I'm driving and I'm like, I'm doing so good. I'm not picking, haven't been picking, you know, and then I realized that, that I was, I still was picking, but I, I went to my scalp. So I didn't realize, because I'm driving, and I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, wow, I haven't, like, scanned my face. Like, the term is called, like, scanning, where you feel 
for bumps or impurities and like mm. you know and like once you feel it you're like you know get it off um and I really stopped doing it in my face but subconsciously I just migrated somewhere else and then I looked in the mirror and I was like this and I was like wait a second <laughs> wait like that's not not doing it that has just changed the course you know and I was just like wow and I became like super compassionate um especially for people when you when you notice that people don't know that they're doing something yeah. um that was something that I would like I was not conscious I was doing and I was doing it so I was like thinking about a whole bunch of different people cases scenarios and um, that I di I couldn't comprehend at the time because I didn't have any experience um, mm. with really being aware of being on autopilot with a physical action. Mm. It's different when you're autopilot in a mental. You don't you're not aware that you m emotionally did something energetically, but physical. I've always felt like I've I've been very aware of like certain things i'm doing physically yeah and that was like scary it was scary it was like you know like the sense of like like i'm a puppet like to my own of its own yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like i'm a puppet to my own coping yeah. mechanism and i didn't even realize it and mm -hmm. i remember pulling over i like pulled over over at campo bayo i got a morisoneando i was like <laughs> we get a morisoneando about this right now because i don't even <laughs> i don't even know how to feel <laughs> and like they say in threads people get like um acrylic tip mm -hmm. nails because then you can't do it mm. you know and these different um things and you know i think it's really important for anyone who has anyone in their life that does do this to have compassion um you know to maybe not just say like hey get out of the bathroom stop doing that because it's like when you when you're saying that it feels very like like, first off, I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. Like, first off, like, I don't even hear you because I'm, like, 20 minutes deep into my face. Like, yeah. and I notice that when I'm that deep into my face, it's, like, I also, I, I it, 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 it's not even, like, I'm escaping my mind because I feel like I'm thinking about such deep things while I'm doing it. I just feel like I'm not feeling it because I'm feeling the sensation of something different. So I'm observing it. But I'm not feeling that. I'm able to feel, I'm able to like look at it, like put it under a microscope, like take it out of me and put it under a microscope and not feel it. Mm. Well, but I feel the cold microscope on my eye, you know, and that's me picking yeah. rather than being immersed in it and not being able to see it because not for nothing, not that I recommend or like, you know, I'm not trying to glorify picking at all what's over, but I've come to like some serious deep conclusions. <laughs> so, serious conclusions yeah. about picking while picking, you know, like when I said a good objective, I remember one time I was in a ceremony, I have it in a book somewhere that I'll like maybe post it later or something, but I wrote a note to myself. I was talking to my friend Jenny. I was away from my friend Jenny and Nicole. Love you guys. And um, I said, I was like, you don't need to keep picking at yourself. You know, I like, bro, I was like, it was like, it was so simple, but it was so deep for me mm -hmm. in the way that I had felt into it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, I don't have to do this all the time. Like, I'm an esthetician. I'm gonna pick. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna happen because 
I'm good whether it's gonna be someone else or me, but it doesn't hit the same. Like of course I get happy for someone yeah. when when they come as my <laughs> client and they're like and they're like, Oh, you know, extract me. I need some extract. I'm like, I right, word, cool. You know, and mm. I do it and I get happy. I show them. Like I'm like, look at what came out of you, you know. Revs <laughs> it, throws it out, you know. And um but it doesn't hit the same. Like I don't lose myself when i'm extracting someone else i'm like very aware of like okay are you okay with how much we took out of you we can go back because you really get a 15 minute window after you steam your skin where you should do it and then Mm -hmm. after that you are a lot more susceptible to scarring because Mm -hmm. your pores are now closed Mm -hmm. so in that 15 window i'm like okay are you good or you feel like you know you you want to go for more like whatever it is like I'll, i'll have to prep for that um, it depends on the client and like what they really want to focus on in their facial, but like it's not the same. Like I don't like, I'm not like getting a rush the way I do with myself, you know. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. It's interesting because like I feel like you'd imagine it to be the same, and it's not because it is a very personal thing. It's a very intimate thing. Like this mm-hmm. is me and me. And all of my imperfections. It's like, oh, it's, it's also hysterical to think like, oh, I'm going to get everything out right now. <laughs> and it's that same extreme energy that I find um, can happen sometimes when I'm doing different uh, ceremonial things to purge. Yeah. Where I'm like, all right, let's, if I know, I'm, I'm not fool enough to think like at this point that I'm going to get everything out in one go. But I do as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as possible. Mm. Remember when you were saying when you take something out, you have to put something back in. Like, what would you feel like you would try to put back in when you would go through that picking process? That's when I'm being when I'm being my best self and when I'm being good to myself. Um, mm. It's it's nutrients, not only. Not only are you, do you want to be aware of your skincare and what ingredients are you putting in, but what are you saying to yourself when you're putting it back on? Like, I feel like that changed my world. When you, Something you had said earlier when you were like, you know, and I stopped just like, all right, it's going to fix it. Mm. And you started like being more present with it. It makes a huge difference when you're like, okay, we're going to scrub away what no longer serves me. And now mm. we're going to apply all of these nutrients and all these antioxidants that are going to scourge of free radicals. And now we're going to have glowing skin and you deserve it. And you deserve to glow from the outside the way you do on the inside. You deserve to look the way you feel. Mm. You know, just kind of speaking that affirmations and different things into yourself when, because, you know, come from that depleted state, even if it was imperfections bacteria pus whatever was experienced like whatever it was right mm-hmm. you're still coming from a lack now you know and, and thank you for bringing that up because it's important mm-hmm. you know i feel like when it comes to also to clients i think about it more i'm like oh mm-hmm. if we did an extraction it's not even like a thought at that point it's like i know exactly what to do after that it's like mm-hmm. okay we take off the I usually put, like, a deincrustation, mm. which is, like, something that takes um, the end, like, it's an enzymatic steam-activated mm. kind of mask thing that will take off layers of the skin lightly and very gently mm. so that, you know, when you extract, it comes out like butter. It's just, mm. like, very, <laughs> like, like very that. easy experience <laughs> yeah. um, for everybody involved. And mm. um, when you're in that process, 
after that, you just, okay, boom, uh, we're done with extracting. Clean the face, cleanse the face. You know, mm. I'll take the toner, kind of go over it. And um, then I start going into the serums. Mm. You know, like I'll go into toner and then I'll go into serums. And once I go into the serums, like I, like I love serums. Serums are like one of my favorite staples in skincare i have combination skin so like mm -hmm. when i think of creams i like instantly i'm like i'm gonna break out <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> think the of heaviness. The yeah like yeah. the heaviness and like the and like even if it's non um i'm forgetting the word right now comedogenic i believe it is where it's like where it clogs your pores and it, it it creams just tend to give me a certain kind of purge in in certain areas you know so mm -hmm. i have uh, my oilier areas it's like we're good on oil here we don't need it mm -hmm. you know but my drier areas are like well we do <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's about also applying it but serum is like this hyper concentrated it's like a ginger shot mm -hmm. you know what i mean if you correlate it with a ginger shot it just makes you feel good. you're like oh you know whatever i did today but i still had a ginger shot like they like had a concentration of a whole root. What's yeah. up? Like this, I feel good about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's what like a serum is like. It's like this mm -hmm. concentration of whatever you're working with, really, because serums are all different. And um, I love the feeling of them because they're very like watery and gel like, and mm -hmm. rather than um, other products that can be a little bit more thick and rich, which are also great, especially when you're working with people with dry skin, but. Mm. speaking on myself that's the point where i always give the most affirmations and at the end too but like that the serum i don't know this is the serum is like is the after for me when it comes to picking it's like mm. it's this it's it's the serum kind of going in because i imagine the serum going in to mm. the holes in which we're taken out and then the moisturizer spf kind of like goes mm. on top and gives like, like seals the, it exactly mm. exactly yeah like uh that's something that i've been trying to implement more uh, with affirmations like um when you were talking about how sometimes doing so much shadow work that you don't do some light work because i just recently got into shadow work because i was more on the light work side and i was like this isn't working i don't feel like i'm digging deep enough and um kind of like same thing with like you know when you're extracting like i, I want to get deep in there like make sure it's all out like and then it's like forgetting the whole process of like okay you got all of that out but are you putting anything back in there you know like are you encouraging yourself now that you know what you don't like about yourself but it's like um accepting like learning how to accept the parts of myself that i was picking at um, because I felt like I wasn't being um, more like kind of like holding a baby in your arms when it comes to the things that you don't like about yourself. It's like being gentle with that instead of like, oh, like, what is this? Like, we, we have to get you out of here. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like this, you know. I'm getting thrown out of club, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, get and them out of here. Yeah, like, get out of here. Like, why are you in here? And it's like. You can't sit with us. Go. Shit. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I don't like that either. Because then it's like, then I resort to feeling shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, so what can I do to like really feel like I'm loving on myself again and realizing that I needed to 
kind of just balance the light work and the shadow work and affirmations. Mm-hmm. Like I constantly kept seeing people like, you know, talk about affirmations and I kind of thought of it was being like cheesy. I'm like, oh no, this is really cheesy. Like, what do you mean I have to say this to myself? And I'm just like, okay. I was like, let's just try it. Let's just look in the mirror. And like, just one day I just like, instead of picking at my face, like when I felt the urge, I was just like, I looked in the mirror and I was like, Anita, you don't need to rush the process. I need you to be here, be present with where you're at right now. Don't think about where you want to be, who you want to be, but be okay with who you are right now. And that in itself made me feel like I was being more present instead of like being in the future of who I want to be. And um, it just made me feel like it helped me ground myself more um, because I felt like sometimes unconsciously I would pick at my face um, and not really um, even know that I was really doing it honestly, almost kind of like on pilot mode. Like, like I'll start on one and then like by the time I'm done, I'm like regretting it afterwards. Like, oh, wow, what did, what did we just do right now? It's like, it's like you know when you're halfway going through it, you're like, well, I already did it. Yeah, so I'm going to finish it. I might as well get everything that's ever been on my face out right now in this one half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I was like, you know what? Like, uh, it'll be fine by tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, no, it, it's not. Mm. It's like it's like <laughs> the same thing that's like the, like, I deserve it. Energy becoming in a different way. It's like, I feel like I do the same thing with food. Where I'm like, oh, okay, nah, I deserve it. Like, I can have this one thing. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna eat bad tomorrow. I'm gonna have this one thing right now, and it's gonna be over. And then it's like tomorrow comes, and I'm like, you know, or maybe it won't be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be in a few days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, I deserve it. Or the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, many people have the same thing. It just looks like different things. Some people have it also with like, you know, buying things for themselves. You know, yeah. or like whatever the case is, um, you know, it's it's still a form of, you know, compulsion, coping, um, feeling good, wanting to feel good, essentially, just like everyone else. Like same thing with people who abuse drugs and alcohol. Like it's like yeah. you just want to feel good. You want to feel something. And that's something you want to feel something because you don't want to feel what is coming up. You know, so you want to feel something else. You know, the grass Mm. is greener. But it's like, but the grass is greener where you water it. So if you water where you're standing at, then you look down and you're like, the grass is green right here. Yeah. You know, I just need to be, you know, I need to give myself permission to view it in that way and to have and live that experience. And, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting how um, when you become aware of the different things and, the little, you know, ticks or things that we may have um, that you don't know that people have. And then, I don't know, I feel like I, there's this sense of, like, you know, just like when we're like, oh, you pick, you pick too. You know, it's yeah. just that, like, yo, I understand your 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 flavor of struggle right now. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I get it. And it, like, mm-hmm. brings that sense of resonance, like, oh, we're, we're all doing our best and not that we should promote doing it, certainly not. It's more just yeah. like I see you. Like and 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 you also have the capacity to see me. Yeah. Cause it's like I've been thinking about this recently and I'm like, is it that I've always had a fear of being seen? 
when it, when it comes to like my shyness or like different things I'm like is it a fear that I've always had being seen because I was looked at or was it because I was looked at and misunderstood mm. from being looked at so is it that I don't want to be seen or is it that I want to be seen by people who could actually see me mm. and like that was mm. like that was something I was thinking about yesterday I was like <laughs> like, that's like a hit, like a hits blunt thought yeah. like you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. like yeah. I was having I was having a moment yesterday you know yeah. and, and I was just like wow um yeah like that that feels more where I'm at now because I'm always like oh you know I don't want to be seen that way or like I've had to get over a lot of different things coming up here and mm. like and here and here and <laughs> uh and and allowing myself to be seen and sharing these things and my whole thing about this podcast is to like help others to be seen for who they are mm. rather than what people may perceive them to be mm. and um <laughs> and also like constantly unpack that with me it's like you know i was thinking about it yesterday or the day before i was thinking about the day before where it was like i posted something and there was a, a situation that had happened that some people were around and seen and, and felt and, and knew and I expressed and, like, felt into that. And, you know, and then later on in the evening, I made a status that had absolutely nothing to do with that. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, how many people think that what I'm talking about right now is what is correlating with what happened earlier? Mm-hmm. And I just giggled. And I was like, the way my ADHD is set up. <laughs> I'm like, it, it couldn't have been. <laughs> like, it, it's so much time has passed for me to even be still on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about, you know, um, I was like giggling at the at the thought of the perceptions other people may have of me, which is immense amount of growth because of the previous way of thinking how it used to really get to me and like mm. how it made me upset that I would feel like people were constantly misunderstanding me. Mm. And in that carrying that misunderstood, like and being like, Well, you wouldn't get it anyway. Like even if I didn't say it out loud in my head, I'm like, This person doesn't understand. And that only attracted more people that didn't understand. Mm. Now, when I started understanding myself and not needing to be validated by having people say that they understand me, more people like that started showing up in my life. And that's when these things started happening, being open. That's why, like, on this podcast, it's it's duality because it's about how we all find our balance in life, you know? But it's also, like, to show the dual nature of each and every one of us. Like, you may know someone who comes up on the podcast as someone, Mm -hmm. and then they come on the podcast and you learn so much more about them. And they break the box or Mm -hmm. kick down the pedestal. And I feel like I constantly do that with myself as well and the way people perceive me, um... And instead of being like, people don't understand me, it's more like, if you want to, Mm -hmm. it's accessible. If you don't, it's also not needed. Mm -hmm. But this is the journey of not only, you know, having the space for people to amplify their voice and be understood and heard, as well as the people listening, be understood and heard. It's also part of my journey of being understood and heard by myself and or others, you know, going back mm-hmm. and listening to these podcasts and being like, oh my God, cringe. I don't feel like that anymore, but I understand her. <laughs> I understand why she felt that way, like speaking to my my younger self or my previous self. And I'm like, yeah. oh my. So yeah. it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. I like that you can do that. You can look at your previous self and say that because it's like all versions of yourself or it kind of reminds me of the avatar with like, 
all his oh, the, yeah, the prior yeah. ones yeah yeah, yeah. the pri- the past lives yeah. coming up to it yeah avatar is so dope it really is but um i'm really grateful to be here honestly because i really think that um one of the things i always struggled with was wanting to change how people perceive me all the time and a lot of the times i really think it had to do with instagram as well like people get this idea of who they think you are because of like how you present yourself on that platform and i'm shy but i really am not like always shy i really think it just has to do with me just being self-conscious of how i'm being perceived that I don't get to pull out that part of me that when people see me on Instagram, I'm like jamming and I'm dancing and I'm just like goofing around. Like that's me because I'm with myself and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is me when no one's space. watching me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, and when people meet me, they're like, where is that? Where is that energy? And I'm just like, I'm like, just feeling it out. I'm like, I'm just. Yeah, like, first of all, I'm not comfortable yet. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't get access to like yeah. the whole part of me in that moment. I understand that. Yeah. So, so being protective of yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And um, I'm really glad that I'm here sharing this space with you because I'm like, I always resonate with you all the time. I'm just like, thank you. Uh, I feel it. I feel <laughs> the feeling is the same every time. Yo, shout out to Alvin Dan for having us meet here upstairs. Yeah. Shout out to Day for putting on the event that, that was the event that I was speaking about. Um, love versus attachment, right? Yeah. That's why it's like that that video just re, like repopped into my world a few days ago. Yeah. I reposted it on Facebook and um, like I forgot. Mm. You know, you forget. You forget some things that you've done. Like I remember that I did it, but I forgot what I said and I needed mm. to hear it. And I was like really grateful. But I remember meeting you. I remember meeting like see, I'm like, I love your shirt. I'm like, you're so sweet. I love your energy. Yeah. You know, and that was um so shout out to Alvin, shout out to Dave for having that event. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, thank you guys. And so grateful to have met you and you know that our relationship to know each other more and to see each other grow and to mm. see each other thrive and to see each other go through the things that we go through and then like because I feel very similar to you like I resonate deeply like it's like we have similar sense of humor yes. and it's like <laughs> it's like they, it hit, things hit different when you and a person have a similar niche sense of humor yeah because it's like with the memes yeah well, it's just like, when, it's like you know when when mm-hmm. someone shows you a meme and you're like I don't think that's funny at all yeah. like and then you're like okay that's cool we have different sense of humor but then like Someone shows you a meme and you're like, yo, did you go into my brain and extract this? Because I'm just, I just want to know. The people want to know. Yeah. How did you get it? How did you For get real. it here? <laughs> For real. And I steady feel like that when I watch your stories. I'm like, yo. Like, sometimes I even, like, post on my stories. I'm like, shout out to Anita because this is her story. Her entire story. <laughs> replicated nah, and, uh, same for you uh, with the um massachusetts <laughs> I, I was just like yo i've been saying it like that my whole life and somebody made a post and i was just like thank you for validating that experience because i really still can't till this day say that word <laughs> yeah it's 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 you know memes are memes are an essential part of mental health i truly feel like it's like it's like any person that is working in any spectrum of wellness needs to like provide i feel like uh like space for meme culture because that's i don't know it's just like that the humor in it of just reading something it's like a it's like it's like a 
more modern version of a comic in the morning, you know, like the way yeah. people would open the newspaper and like get that yeah. laugh from that. Like yeah. we get that 24 seven from the random memes that come up, you know, and it's, it's, you know, shout out to memes for making, making it, uh, making life bearable. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't feel bearable. For real. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Cause <laughs> laughing is such medicine, you know, laughing is such medicine and that, and it's also a form of purging. So it's like we can purge, we can purge, we can purge, purge, you know, do all these different things that cause us to release things. Yeah. Sneezing, burping, laughing, these are things that we forget also happen. Like if someone's having like an mm. like a purging experience, sometimes they just mm. be sneezing. I like love sneezing. Sneezing, sneezing, love sneezing, that shit. sneezing <laughs> like or like, you know, or or coughing <laughs> or burping or like, mm. you know, doing energy work friends of mine and and i have noticed like you know it would be like doing reiki or doing some healing like whatever healing uh modality we were using at that time mm -hmm. and it's like why do i need a burp and like almost embarrassed of it like i'm gonna burp like you know this person's like going through it i'm over here like burp. so like mm -hmm. prior to my sessions with people i'm like listen there's gonna be some sounds <laughs> like <laughs> i'm a human being <laughs> <laughs> like things like when it goes because you know when you're a person doing the, moving the energy uh it's like you're not it's good to get it out because if you don't burp then you're gonna hold on to whatever it is that's trying to because you're just a vehicle yeah. so it's like i'm gonna burp like i'm not gonna hold that i'll walk out the room like respectfully <laughs> but like i'm not gonna do that too <laughs> But like, but, like, I got to let things go because you have to. It's yeah. like, if you don't, then you just harbor it, yeah. you know? And whether it's your, and the same thing applies to yourself, you know? And But then there's also the middle ground of, like, okay, cool. I could let these few pimples out, cool. But also, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I don't need to take everything out, you know, and have that kind of experience. So it's... um. You know, just like everything, just finding balance, finding balance, you know, in whatever it is that you're doing and allowing and not forcing. Because when we force and when we're like, okay, boom, this is how I want it to go, this is how it's going to go, like, just mm -hmm. like you see we're picking, that's not how it goes. Yeah. Your face is swollen now. Now you're late to to your Diaz party because you wanted to act crazy. You know what I'm saying? You go into the bathroom. I was on the phone with, like, shout out to Eman too, like, Emmanuelly. I was on the phone with him one day and we were talking about picking. I didn't know that he was a pick. I was like, yo, you picked your It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, especially a man. I've never met a man that picks. Yeah. So I think he was the first man I ever met that picked. And I was like, yo. Talk about it. <laughs> like, like, let's talk about it. And like, he, 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 I said something. I, I was like, you know, it's bad when you catch yourself in someone else's bathroom <laughs> and you're picking and you're like, because you went to the bathroom where like you were out somewhere and then you didn't realize that you have a white ready to go pimple. Now you're embarrassed for existing places. Like, yeah. I'm an embarrassment to myself for have walked around with this disgraceful. <laughs> but like pimple on my face just ready to just like pop like you know like i can't believe i lived this life for this long and no one told me and you know then you, then you take care of what you gotta take care of like you know hopefully respectfully and as sanitary <laughs> as you can you know and that's what you realize there's a problem that's that's why mm. I, like we was like cracking up because you're like understood entirely and it was like yeah. yo like you know i've been there and it's just like 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's crazy the different things that we do. It's like I, I feel like you know the same way. The same. It's just so many communities that do like same way. People in AA, like or or in NA, whatever you know, recovery is like when mm-hmm. they talk about or in or, or in codependency anonymous, anonymous or like all these different places where it's like you share these stories that are resonate with many people, and you can almost like laugh about it because they're like this is wild that like I thought this was okay in this moment because I was so on autopilot but it's like also the compassion and then I think that's why it's so important with community and that's like what Lewis and I were talking about prior on the previous uh, episode is like you do these things on your own you unpack them on your own mm. but then unless you find that that niche kind of community whatever it is that you're fixating on mm-hmm. you just feel alone you know but when you are in that community and like you're like yo i'm not alone at all like i i can feel like like it, it's like almost when i feel like people talk or like i read things about mm-hmm. people picking and doing different things or if i see someone i know picking i don't want to do it to myself because I'm seeing what they're doing to themselves and it it's so directly reminding of like what I'm doing like cuz you when you're doing it to yourself it's so easy to not feel like it's not good cuz you can't see yourself in third person and like watch yourself and but then when yeah, you see someone walk out the bathroom like mad yeah. puffy face and you know not only did they just give their face a beaten but they gave their whole internal reality a beaten yeah. most likely you know and then it's just like like, mm. like there's just moments and times, like even in conversation, even just reading, you know, or seeing these spaces where like people are like, I, I, did, I did my best, you know, I've been doing so good for so long and I just relapse and, you know, on whether it's picking, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you know, and like, and you can, and you can feel into that. It's like, I, if, if for anybody that hasn't experienced addiction in drugs or alcohol and has, um, maybe an addiction to skin picking um, or an other kind of fixation that you do, you can find it in you to be a lot more compassionate to things that are more societally unacceptable because it's yeah. it's just their brand of extremism. Yours just can be done in the bathroom. No one can know about it because it's not going to alter your mind mm-hmm. in the way that drugs and alcohol might, but it's still, like, it, that still exists to have that compassion. And I feel like... Humanity needs to get reminded of that at times because of the way we alienate people that do things that are more um, socially unacceptable. Even if it's not drugs and alcohol, even if it's just, you know, even if it's like sex work or if it's like Mm -hmm. hypersexuality or these different things that are like um, sex addiction. And it's like, you know, even like at times for me, like I have a hard time fully surrendering to like being overly compassionate because I feel like how much like it's like I feel like with people not only with anything sex related but also just like hyper addictions around and in just in general because I like know that you need to be compassionate but you also need to be strong and disciplined or else it's not like you need to practice what you preach before you speak to people and that's what so with certain cases and scenarios, like, I'm not going to be someone, like, I'm not going to sit here and glorify face picking. Like, I'm not going to glorify mm-hmm. sex work. I'm not going to glorify 
addiction, you know, but I accept it and I understand it. I have compassion for it, you know, and that's like, and it doesn't mean that it's invalid or it's not good or I'm judging it. It's just like, there's parts of every extreme thing that we do, um, that can be, you know, finding a balance within it, anything, everything in moderation. So once anything is out of moderation, whether that's, whether it's even something working out that can seem good for you, you yeah. know, can still be bad for you if not done in moderation and balanced out with the rest of your life. So it's like, you know, in a, in a space where I feel like there's so much uh, PC culture and, you know, not that it doesn't need because I'm not like anti that either mm. it's just I don't I don't know I don't fully resonate with sounding like I'm a lawyer or I I'm not I didn't go to school to have the words and things like that like I read and I understand and comprehend but I don't speak like that I never did it wasn't my thing mm. to to present this like because it feels very cold and disconnected I you know I might curse when I speak I might you know, show emotion when I speak, and like it doesn't mean that I don't agree with the with what's trying to be done on the on the side. It's just more of like finding the balance for me. It's like and having the courage to speak on things that you know aren't necessarily spoken or people's perception of me to think that I would be like a radical person in one way. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not that I don't accept people as I I do. Like if you know me, if you hear me, mm -hmm. if you listen, if you really listen to what I'm saying, mm -hmm. without attacking and judging it, you'll know that too. You know, then it's all meant with love. And, like, that I feel like having different people speak to me about picking in that way of, like, not judging me for what I was doing or making it feel like I was stupid. Because a lot of people made me feel, like, just stupid for doing, like, just stop. Mm, it's very dismissive. Yeah. Completely invalidating of what's mm. going on. Like, you think I would just do this for fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, uh, but the people were like, hey, I know you have your experience with it but like maybe you could maybe there's another way you know mm -hmm. how i'm strong i'm a strong believer like if you have something to say about someone or something first of all make it consensual yeah. you know that they actually want to hear that and they're ready to receive that mm -hmm. and second off like make it so that you're giving alternative options you know if you're pro-life and are you going to give them another option to not have a baby? Like, are you going to take care of that baby? Because if you are, then maybe maybe speak on it. You're going to raise their child for them. Yeah. But if you're not willing to do that, you really have no business saying nothing to nobody. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, and, and the same thing goes for, you know, the opposite spectrum. If you're pro-abortion, like, how can we make some spaces for the process that women go through grieving? Yeah. after that process and how can we implement different things that or or education and uh, not only just shove people on birth control so that abortions aren't used as birth control how can we educate people to not have these extremes or and, and certainly not have laws on it but like not have these extremes yeah. without the support after you know it's like people need the support and that's that's the that's the community self thing is like 
we think like, oh, I could do it on my own. <laughs> like, you know, I got yeah. this all the time. And it's like, you don't even get to give yourself nearly as much credit or understanding or when you're living in your own bubble. When you're when you're in a snow globe, you only know the parameter of the snow globe. Yeah. But when you crack that shit, and now you're like all over the floor and you're like, oh word, there's so much more <laughs> than what I think. Yeah, Damn, so. definitely. I definitely need more options out there, always. Because what may work for someone else may not work for everybody else. And definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. Taking it all in right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, that's one of the things that I felt like um, I had to learn within myself of learning, um, like how you were saying, make it more consensual when when you want to give someone a certain kind of advice or whatever you want to say like sometimes people just want to be heard and sometimes they don't need that sometimes they just want space someone to make space for them and I had to like hold myself accountable for that kind of thing too to just learn how to ask people like what do you how can I support you in this moment like what can I do for you instead of feeling like oh I need to fix it kind of like the method I use on myself with extracting my 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 pimples and my blackheads, I'm like, I need to fix this right now. And then realizing that I was kind of projecting that onto the people that I care about and realizing that maybe this is not what they need right now. Maybe they just want me to hear them and asking people that. And, and then in turn doing that with myself and not being dismissive of my own shit and just holding space for myself in a way that doesn't require for me to fix it right there and now. Like, I don't have it figured out and that's okay if I don't know the answers right now. And yeah, community is definitely very necessary because it's so easy for me to think that I can only do this all by myself because I don't want to be a burden. And then it's like, but you don't need to like share that burden alone. Like, you know, there's people out there who probably may have something that you need you know, in order to understand something better and just people who've been in all walks of life and have so much wisdom to share and learning how to be a part of a community um, has been something that I've been learning more about and feeling like I needed to push myself out of my comfort zone of just being that hermit all the time. And it's really a beautiful thing to be able to cry with other people as Mm -hmm. well. I really think that's one of the things that I got to experience um, at the retreat with um, Docs. Uh, I want to shout out Docs. Uh, he held a retreat with Gati, and um, that experience was the first time I ever got to feel what a community was like. Um, and I never really knew what that was really like within my own life because, like, both of my parents – they came from Dominican Republic and they grew up in this really tight knit community and they knew how to like talk to their neighbors. And like my dad knows everybody in um, on our block and he had just this community based kind of personality of like always being concerned about other people. And I didn't really know that really um, how to really be a part of something like that. And so entering that space um really gave me um a whole new like a whole new world like I just broke my globe and you know got to really see like wow there's so much out there that I don't know 
and I'm I'm ready for this and I'm really grateful that there are people out there who are doing you know these things where they're holding holding space for people to know that there's so much out there than what we just know so yeah thank you for sharing that that really like brought me back into realizing that with my experience so Thank you. Yeah. This <laughs> conversation is really interesting yeah. in the way that like we we share something and we'll activate each other. Yeah. It's really beautiful, which is just like another like it's like a physical embodiment of what we're talking about. It's like to it's okay to, you know, especially for for people who are hyper not not even hyper. I'm not even going to label it. Just people who are like, you know, centering shadow work, right? I notice yeah. especially it's like we will in the, in the process of finding what self-discipline looks like, yeah. we will deprive ourselves of things that resonate because of fear of it validating and that validation mm. having power over us when we're working on not needing validation from anyone outside of us. But balance, right? It's also okay mm. to be around people you just resonate with. Yeah. Like, it's also okay to, like, be around people that you resonate with and, like, allow yourself to validate yourself in knowing that there's another human that also thinks like you yeah. without needing it to have the pathway of, like, oh, this person existing validates my existence. It's like, no, I'm validated within myself knowing that this person also has a similar experience mm. and can feel into these different things that I've been maybe... Uh, shunned, misunderstood, or excluded for thinking I think too deep into things or whatever mm. the case is, you know. So it's like it's it's a needed experience, I feel like, especially when you're focusing on your character defects or for anyone who isn't too familiar with uh, the phrase shadow work, it's coined by Carl Jung, and uh, he is a, was a person who dove really deep into the subconscious and um, mm. the different things in which we don't understand um, bringing them to light and saying that when you're not aware of your subconscious that it's like pretty much entirely control of your life so that when you actually accept and like rather than trying to kill or extract entirely mm -hmm. <laughs> that when you accept um, the different aspects of yourself that you may not fully appreciate at this time or, or give space to that you accepting it will kind of allow it to become less reactive because it's just being acknowledged. Because just like us, mm. when we feel misunderstood or we feel like, wow, like people aren't giving us space to be or to speak, the microcosm and the macrocosm, there's also parts of ourself that feel that way mm -hmm. and different versions of ourself that are like, well, I don't have space, so guess what? I'm about to spark this whole fire right now. Like, guess what? You know, I'm about to be toxic. Are you ready for it? Because it's coming. And then you're like, oh, mad. The same way the hour spent in the bathroom, like, oh, mad that I let myself get this far. And it's like, oh, mad that I burnt everything to ash and now I have to sit with the fact that I just uh, didn't feel heard. Or not just didn't feel heard because minimizing it, but just not just <laughs> didn't feel heard. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, and rather than going external with it, if 
finding a way to go internal. So it's like with myself, what I've been noticing now is like if I start to pick or if I start to, um, if it's really pick, because I fidget too. Like I notice from being on this podcast, mm-hmm. like I'm hyper aware of everything that I've been doing. Not everything, but mm-hmm. most things. Uh, but now it's like on a physical level, I see myself do with certain things. So I've like witnessed like, okay, I'll like fidget, I'll fidget, I'll move things, I'll do different things. And when I notice that I'm doing that and or picking, I'm like, what am I? Release, release shoulders, you know, release your jaw. It's like fits and sits into the, into the space, into the seat. And that comes with an awkward transition. But when I stop trying to avoid the awkward transition, the more me I'm allowed to share. Mm. You know, it's like when I notice like, okay, I'm doing something and then I notice it, I have to pause. And in that pause, in that transition can seem, feel, or look, may look awkward to other people who Mm. don't know what's happening internally. And that's okay. I had to be okay with that. Once I became okay with that, I'm like, I'm here. Y'all are just seeing me in my element. Like, y'all are just seeing me the same way if I was sitting there, if I was doing something. My whole thing that I've been, like, really, really honing in on is, like, allowing myself to fully be myself in every space I'm in. To not be altered by people, places, and things, but allow myself to just be myself as much as possible. Um, Because there's nothing to fear when you're being yourself. The only time there's anything to fear is when you're not being yourself. Because then the things that are looking for you can't find you. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to get into? I think you covered it. Yeah. I resonated a lot. (laughs) I was feeling, feeling like yourself more when in all spaces. Think that, um... I always do this thing where I scan the room and I'm scanning the energy. I'm like, kind of like, why Why am I, like, making sure everybody is comfortable and I'm not comfortable, you know, kind of thing? Like, am I, am, I, am I making this person anxious? Am I am I making things uncomfortable for you? And I'm like, oh, you're the one who's uncomfortable. You're the one who doesn't feel comfortable. That's like when someone's yeah. like, hey, are you okay? And yeah. you're fine. You know you're fine, and then you look at them and you're like, are you okay? Mm. You know, because why are you asking me if I'm okay when I genuinely feel good in this moment? Yeah. And you realize that that person actually needs to get checked in on. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, true. It's it's really interesting how that happens. And it's like when, when you said, like, scan the room, like, I'm pictured because I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> I'm, like, assessing. Like, it's like I'm, like attuning to the vibration in the room rather than just embodying my own vibration. It's like if you're on yeah. nine, if, if like you're on 97.9, you know, radio station when you walk in, but everyone's on hot 97, mm-hmm. you know, like then you got to lower your vibration. Why can't you just go in there like dancing bachata and listening to reggaeton on that Spanish mm-hmm. channel? But instead, you're like, nah, I'm gonna get go with the with the rap hits right now, and like because everyone's listening to that. But what the entire room might need might have needed is for you to pull up and do your machata, do your machata, because that's that's your vibration. Yeah. Rather than assessing and lowering or raising or whatever it is, because then it's like kind of unnatural, and that's when the uh, disconnect can start happening 
between you and yourself. Yeah. You might connect with everyone in the room and feel disconnected to yourself. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, you know, if it, if anything, you know, listening to this, may anyone who is supposed to listen to this, you know, may it receive you in, in a good way, come to you whenever you're supposed to hear it. May this podcast, you know, go out to anyone that does need to hear it. May you find access to it and uh, may it pop up in your reality in some way or another so that you can also feel heard, seen, understood. And, um, you know, I want to remind you that we all go through struggles within feeling comfortable in our skin and, um, that could be that's the physical embodiment of just you know feeling comfortable with who we are on the inside and uh i pray for everybody that's struggling with anything that was going on in this podcast that we kind of covered in particular i want to specify and like be particular into in this prayer and intention that you know may you feel the strength and the courage and encouragement to look at yourself and really love yourself in that mirror like really like be like yo like i love you like i love you so much like i fuck with you so much like i love looking at you i love hearing you i love seeing you do the Mm -hmm. things that you do may you really really feel that and if any affirmations feel super corny for you Mm -hmm. just make your own that's the only reason i do affirmations because anytime i try to like look up affirmations i'm like i can't because this is just fake i don't feel this <laughs> i don't feel this. like that's why like when i'm angry or something and someone's like it's okay i'm like i'll i'll go to i'm okay because okay is neutral but i if i'm angry i'm not like i'm happy yeah. i'm great i'm this no i go to, i'm okay i understand that i'm angry yeah i don't need to be anymore Mm. I release it, and then I start talking myself down, mm. and then I start building myself up. Because if I just jump from like I'm not angry, I feel great, I feel how everything's abundant, butterflies and rainbows, like I'm like bypassing it exactly. Yeah. It's completely skipping. It's trying to make a shortcut, and in that you blip and you lose yourself because it's not authentic. It's not real. You're dismissing your actual feelings that are coming up, yeah. and um, it's your your feelings are not to be put on the back burner. You really, really reap the consequences of that when you do that. Yeah. It's about, okay, boom, okay, I feel this. I feel this now. I know I need to feel into this deeper into the future. And you could put that aside like that, but you acknowledge it. You're not like, I don't got time for this at all. You know, I understand certain places, times, and spaces is not the time to unpack. Like, yeah. you know, like I was, I almost cried on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. I felt the emotions. And I was like, okay, I respect the fact that tears are coming out, but like, Let's let's hold this energy later and like cry so like where we can like yeah. give it full permission. I'm not gonna fully give permission to just hysterically cry in this setting. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like realistically, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm not going to deny the fact that that's what was going on. You know. So, yeah. for anyone listening, you know, just have it be a reminder that. To give yourself full permission to feel comfortable in the skin you're in, to feel comfortable as the person you are, to have compassion for the coping mechanisms that may have yeah. came up throughout your life, and um, you know, work at your own pace to find balance. And you know, just like you're reminded in this episode, when you take something away, what can you add? 
you know, what can you add in, in replacement of that? That could be something good, yeah. you know, when you want to go pick, what can you do or what can you say to yourself to rewire your brain to do something else? Like, okay, maybe I need to write something. Instead of pick, I need to, like, actually start journaling, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, may you find that within yourself, within your heart, within your mind, within your being to, you know, connect with that part of you that is screaming out to have attention, you know, and I wish the same for us too. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I um, I have cards and stuff. I don't even feel called to do that. I feel like I just want to open up this. Uh, this one is a peace of mind. It's a daily meditation for easing stress. Mm. Look, it has every day in the book. Today is June 2nd, right? Yes. And let's get our first June message in here. One of my lawyers told me to read the sports section first every morning. It talks about mankind's successes, while other parts talk about mankind's problem or failures. By Michael R. Milken. Do you begin your mornings or wind down your day reading about car accidents, murders, mayhem, destruction, criminal actions, and financial losses? After focusing on the stress and strife of the world, it may be hard to find to have a positive outlook for the rest of the day or evening. But what would happen if today all of the stories you read or all of the news items you heard were focusing on uplifting tales? Perhaps a beloved dog lost for weeks was found safe and healthy. Maybe a missing child was reunited with her distraught, pe- distraught parents. Perhaps a good Samaritan retrieved an elderly couple's money from a robber. Mm. Or maybe an airbag enabled someone to walk away from an accident. Wouldn't such stories add more positive influences to your day? While you can't depend on media for happy and satisfying stories, you can bring such stories into your life by turning off the bad news and turning on the good. Mm. Skim through magazines that cover interest features. Read biographies of people you admire. Listen to programs with entertaining and educational topics or read the sports page in the newspaper. Today, I'll foster a positive attitude by looking for the good in everything and everyone around me. Mm, Thank you. I love this book so much. Shout out to Amy E. Dean because, like, honestly, I got this, like, at a thrift store, like, an old bookshop or something at some point. And the thing that's crazy, what made me get it was I opened up this book and it was like, so you see it, it's like very ripped and it's on my birthday. Wow. Yeah. It like picked you. I opened up the book and I was just like, wow. (laughs) I didn't even read it. I just closed it. I'm like, I'll read that on my birthday. I'm like, I'll buy that. It was like two bucks too. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. It's like really crazy. It's like literally ripped in half at my birthday. And it's, the thing is, is like, it's close to the middle of the year, but it's not exactly. Yeah. So, like, there's still more on that side than on this side. So, it's, like, it could have also been any other page around it to, mm. that would actually be the middle of the year. Mm. So, really cool. Um, you know, bless spirit for yeah. that and for sharing it in the spaces. It's interesting because almost every time, I haven't experienced it yet that it wasn't 
resonant with whatever was going on, whether I took it to the podcast or mm-hmm. if I took it to a reading. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll read them before or after I, I perform a reading or, mm-hmm. you know, um, tune into a reading when I say perform. But yeah, it's any any moment of where it, where it exists, it exudes just like truth in the message that needs to be heard. So I'm just grateful for that. So mm-hmm. thank you thank so you. much, everyone, for tuning in and for listening with us and take whatever resonates, leave what doesn't. Thank you. And um, yeah, have a great day. Thank Thank you you so much for coming. Thank you so much.